is Fatina. This is Bree. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Your turn. My turn. <laughs> your turn. Um, I have no idea what you're covering. Good. Yeah. I, I think you'll have heard of it. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. it's my first, not my first day in true crime. No. But. <laughs> I think once I start talking about it, you might recognize it because it happens kind of around the same time as the Casey Anthony. Oh. Okay. So it would have been like around 2008, 2009 ish. And see, and and when it, when it, you know, there's always times in our lives that I'm like, oh, this is what I was doing in that, in that time and whatnot. So I was, we were in our sophomore year of college. Yeah. So I'm like, we... Kind of had laptops just for MySpace. Uh-huh, basically. <laughs> and, and writing papers, and yeah. that was it. So it wasn't like we were getting all of our news there. For sure not Mm-mm. like TV. No. So if we knew of a case, we like probably didn't heard even it in have, passing. Yeah, we didn't even like really have cable no, in college. No, for sure no. No. Yeah, no. We didn't. No. So that's when we actually used DVDs. <laughs> yeah, that's when we actually watched DVDs. And oh, did we watch DVDs? That was We man. were just talking about how we, like both of our houses have DVDs, but we don't use them. We're just collecting dust on <laughs> the bookshelf. We're collecting and... them. And I tried talking Kara into like, you know, an old school like DVD file folder type of thing. Like okay. take them out of their packages and yeah. just put them in. Just like for space sake like one of those and CD she's like books. no no she wants like the cases i'm like they're taking up so much space seriously i know for something that is that a good idea use. though anywho oh man the what good you, old days i know what are you talking about today so this is the case and this is going to be a two-parter okay. i i'm really excited to do this case i think it's the perfect time to cover it because earlier this year we just had a full like resolution like oh. closure oh, of okay. this case. This is the case of Brittany Drexel. Not ringing any bells. Okay, maybe when I start getting into it, it okay. might ring a bell. One of my coworkers actually, she's like my little investigative sidekick. She's always <laughs> sending me cases to cover, and I love it. I'm like, thanks, That's Amanda. <laughs> You're amazing. You're like doing half the work for me right now. This is awesome. Really though, like. Really, figuring out what you're doing yeah. is half the battle. It, it really is because there's so, so much. Yeah, I'm going to do this in a two part, which I'm excited and I'm kind of anxious about because I was telling Tyson, I was like, so many podcasts have covered this case. It was nationally known, yeah. but now I feel really good about covering it because we've had a full resolution. Not to, I won't do any spoiler alerts, but there is closure finally on this case. And so I feel like what I've got for you guys is going to be the most current and the okay. most accurate information nice. versus okay. trying to do this like maybe five years ago or oh, whatever okay. when things were still not as known. Okay. But today this will be part one of Brittany Drexel. So Brittany Drexel was born October 7th, 1991. Uh Libra. Con- just Libra. <laughs> I know when I when I wrote down the birthday, I was like, oh, one day before Fatina's birthday. Um, contrary to the spelling, uh, she grew up in Chile, New York. It's spelled like chili. 
what? Yeah. And so I like very actively had to like <laughs> rewrite. Chai Lai? Chai Lai, New York. How do you York. spell it? C-H-I-L-I. Uh, oh, like chili. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Like chili. I'm like, mm, makes me hungry. But Chai Lai was uh, kind of like a suburb of like the Rochester okay. area of New York. She was born to Don and John, very cute, rhyming names. Uh, those were her parents. And when she was born, they were really young. They were in their early 20s. And they didn't really make it too long into their relationship after she was born. Mm. Again, real young. She was about two years old when they separated. And no real explanation on this, but her dad, John, kind of disappeared after the separation. So her biological father stepped out of her life at that point. Okay. Soon after, I don't know how soon, but her mom did end up remarrying a man named Chad Drexel. So that's where Brittany got her last name. Chad adopted her, you know, at a very young age. Uh, Chad and her mom, Dawn, ended up having two kids of their own, Marissa and Cam. Marissa, her sister, Cam, her brother. And Brittany was just so, so cute. She was this super lively, spirited little girl, (laughs) like definitely liked to be the center of attention. But her friends and her family all described her as being like really kind. She was a super great big sister to her younger brother and uh, younger brother and sister just a like a spitfire and she okay. was like real tiny too she was had this like pint-sized punch she was you know <laughs> had had lots of attitude um but a really really sweet girl love short girls <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> love it and in high school uh, Brittany was really quite the athlete she she was very active in soccer and she was oh, really nice. close to like her soccer coach and everything and she was really really good like even in one of her seasons she scored 26 goals holy shit which is a lot for people that, that don't play lot. soccer 26 goals in one season is a lot for one person yeah that is like top tier like especially in high school for sure you know yeah, so someone short like that for sure a striker mm-hmm. oh. yep. <laughs> yeah yeah she's very fast real small yeah. but really fast um her dad john actually ended up coming back into her life when she was 16 years old hmm. and they ended up you know regaining this connection He said when he, you know, came back into her life and he would go to her soccer games, he's just like, wow, I just see so much of myself in her, Mm -hmm. partially because he kind of grew up playing soccer, too. But, you know, you you walk out of someone's life at two years old and then you come back and just kind of seeing like the the mirror image of yourself and Brittany was very open into welcoming him back into her life and they started to really regain this great um father-daughter relationship so that was super cute and in early 2009 her mom Dawn and stepdad Chad actually uh filed for divorce so they were going through a separation now chad was the man who Brittany had known as her dad her whole life they were really close he's the man that raised her and she took the divorce really really hard yeah i mean she had his last name and everything Mm -hmm. he adopted her so you know understandably being i think she was like 16 17 at the time 
you know, this really started to take an emotional toll on her. She started to lack motivation in school. She started hanging out with an older crowd of, you know, seniors at school, people that like to party a little bit more. There was even information about her having gotten into like her mom's prescriptions Mm. and I'm not going to say that this is what happened because one source was like oh you know it was like a suicide attempt oh I can't confirm that so I'm not really gonna hone in on that too much so I don't know if it was that or if it was just like an experimenting partying phase as she's kind of unraveling a little bit through this divorce of her parents on top of everything yeah on top of just being that age and going through everything else that you go through yeah in life um I also loved as I was looking at this like looking at Britney in 2009 was so nostalgic for me in the styles of 2009 gosh yeah like you got the the curly hair, but you still straighten Straight your bangs. <laughs> and the highlights. Ooh, and chunky highlights. Chunky highlights. Chunky. The the red and those. the blonde highlights. Oh, red. With oh, the brown shit. hair. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You are, like, giving me flashbacks here. Heavy Layered black eyes. Yep. Heavy black eyeliner. Oh tan. You know. With the Playboy of- Bunny sticker. Yep. You better believe it. You either have the heart. The pot leaf or the I'm Playboy Bunny like, sticker. Jean skirt, layered yep. tank top with the lace at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. No matter how hot it was. Abercrombie perfume, mm. Hollister perfume. Yeah. All all of that. Tiffany the, necklace. To- yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Bringing back memories here. So I had I had a nice little stroll down memory lane in my horrible uh, fashion sense yes. during this stage of my life, but great nonetheless. Yeah, wouldn't change it. Nope, I really wouldn't. Nope, it was good times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, beyond that, Brittany really was definitely like your normal, you know, sixteen, seventeen year old. She. There's going to be a lot of Johns that come up in this story, so I'll try to be very oh. specific. Like, their I'm... names are... Again. Yes. Okay. Not like prostitutes. Yeah, I was like, uh, Johns? <laughs> a lot of Johns. No. All right. Cool. Not those types of Johns, like actual name Johns. So, she did have a boyfriend named John Greco. They dated on and off for a couple years. They had one of those typical long-term high, high school, school relationships mm-hmm. where you're good for four months, you're broken up for a week, then yeah. you're back on. Early 2009, we're getting into April 2009, and, you know, it's spring break. Everyone's getting ready to have that week off of school, and Brittany was now hanging out with this older crowd of seniors, and a tradition for the seniors at their school was to make this trip down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. And so... You know, Brittany's a junior in high school. She's getting invited by the seniors yeah. to go down for the spring break trip. She's like, hell yeah. Absolutely. My life is kind of shit right now. My parents are going through a divorce. I need like a checkout from reality. I'm going to Myrtle Beach. Oh, yeah. I'd go if everything was fine, too. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. even if everything was fine. Yeah. So this is, you know, a 14 hour oh, shit. trip away from where she lives. Outside of Rochester, like seven New York. And seven or 14 one way? 14 one way. Holy Six shit. Six states. 
That's a drive. Away from home. So, you know, understandably, her mom, Dawn, is like, oh, no. (laughs) You, my dear daughter. You can set up a pool outside. Exactly. (laughs) You are not going 14 hours away with a group of kids that I don't know with no parental supervision. My mom would have done the exact same thing. So... You know, of course, Brittany's pissed. You know, you're mad at your mom because she won't let you go on this trip with the seniors. And, you know, her mom is like, Brittany, you're not going. And her mom says to her, something is going to happen to you Mm. if you go on this trip. Gosh. So the answer flat out is no. That sounds like any mom, though. One one would think, even if I was a senior and that was the traditional senior trip. No, my mom would shut that shit yeah. down so fast. She's I like, mean, I would have had to play my card to write all year. Like, I am the best kid. The most reliable. Yes. Like, I'll be DD. I'll be the mom of the uh-huh. trip. Like, let me go, mom. Exactly. But no. 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 Not 14 hours, six states away uh-huh. senior trip. No. And... So they have the same discussion a couple times. They go back and forth. Brittany's mad. Mom still says no. And so Brittany comes up with a plan to tell her mom um, or ask her, you know, well, can I go spend, you know, part of spring break with a friend who just lives like a few miles away? Can I just go stay at her house? And her mom's like, okay, yeah, no problem. I just want to talk to the parents. Uh Okay. So Dawn allegedly gets on the phone and speaks to the quote-unquote parents of this friend. Now, I am just making the assumption that she actually did not talk to actual parents. That's what it sounds like, yeah. You know, so I'm sure that's what kind of happened. But nonetheless, spring break comes up. Brittany goes to this friend's house. And Brittany stays in contact with her mom for, you know, the first day you know day and a half or whatever business hours (laughs) during business hours and in the meantime Brittany's unbeknownst to her mom actually on the way her way down to Myrtle Beach but you know her mom doesn't suspect that anything's going on because she's staying in contact and you know shit like that that is so wild to me because back in 08 09 still I think our parents are not keen on like location devices like tracking us on our phones and stuff no, even now i don't even know how to do that <laughs> like back then it was completely unheard of no like nowadays if i you know my kid was trying to pull wool over my eyes like that i'd be like girl no i can exactly. see where you're at right you're on the highway you need to turn around mm-hmm. right now well and even back then like i didn't even have like a cool phone until probably the year after this oh no i know exactly that would have had i think i had the verizon one that flipped open and had like the Mm. keyboard on the inside and then it was like the big uh the big numbers on the front so you could type it like a keyboard or type it on the front (laughs) but i tell you those were the days though because i could text and drive and i knew exactly what i was typing i don't know how we did that all we needed was nine buttons yep all we needed was nine buttons. Easy peasy. Exactly. Press three times for C. Press uh-huh. mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. No, I had a pink flip phone. Um, 
and, you know, and then I worked at T-Mobile, so I had, like, the sidekick, and I had, like, mm. the rubber bumper ones, mm-hmm. and I had, oh, gosh, phones back then yeah. were crazy. I definitely wanted a sidekick so bad. Oh, God, they were terrible. I never got one. <laughs> they were terrible. I, I, you know, and then I went to, like, the BlackBerry era. Oh, God. No. Yep. I think 09 was probably, like, BlackBerry for, for me. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Crackberry. <laughs> Crackberry. Um, so Brittany's down in Myrtle Beach, and we're going to get to the night of her disappearance. So we're at April 25th, 2009. So the people that Brittany goes down to Myrtle Beach with were four friends, and they were actually two sets of couples. So oh, okay. Her girlfriends, their boyfriends, and then Brittany. The fifth wheel. That's literally exactly what I have yeah, written down yeah. here. The yep. fifth wheel. She gets okay. down to Myrtle Beach, and she just feels kind of unwelcome like she's just this tag along you know just not really vibing with the group and you know kind of like bummed out you know she wanted to have this really good trip and now she's just kind of feeling like I don't know maybe like the tag along little sister yeah so so Brittany actually had some friends that she knew down in that area so she reached out to them and one of the friends that she knew was um, a guy named Peter Brotsowitz, and she knew him from Rochester. They had been friends for a few years. He was older, I think like a couple years older, so he wasn't down there like spring breaking from high school. He had already graduated high school, but was still down there with some friends over spring break. Oh, like the whole party area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. the, The main strip of Myrtle Beach. So again, we're at April 25th. So The night of April 25th, Brittany leaves her hotel to go meet up with Peter at his hotel, which is the Blue Water, in kind of the early p.m. To me, early p.m. would be like 4 p.m., but I think we're talking... (laughs) I think we're talking more like... 7, 8... 8 (laughs) o'clock-ish, which is like bedtime I know, someone tells me now it's like a 10 o'clock party, and I'm like, to start? Like... You're going to start a party at 10? That's not... I saw the best birthday banner, and I swear to God, I'm going to get it for one of my birthdays this year, and it says, please leave by 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. That's... (laughs) Yeah. That's my kind of party. Yeah. Thank you. So, she leaves her hotel to go meet up with Peter at the Blue Water, and it's about a mile walk up the strip from where she's staying. Oof. So... A little bit of a walk, but not yeah. horrible. Especially in those old Navy dollar flip flops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, you're like so like on the nose with this. It's not even funny. So she gets all the way to Peter's hotel and she gets a text from one of the girls that she's down there with that she needs to come back and return a pair of, sh- of these gr- this girl's shorts. Oh, like Brittany okay. had borrowed her shorts, left the hotel. She gets a text from her. She's pissed. She borrowed her shorts. She didn't ask for permission to. So she's like, you need to come back to the hotel and bring Mm. me my shorts. So Brittany's like, oh, my God. You know, I just got here. But, you know, I'll go return these shorts. So she leaves and goes back to her hotel. And while she's on her way back to to her hotel, she's texting her boyfriend, John, on her walk back. But then... From John's account, her uh, their conversation just ends, like, mid-conversation, which is very unlike Brittany. Mm. You know, she's 17 years old, 
back and forth on her phone all the time. Yeah. Like wouldn't just like s- abruptly stop texting. Back. And so he's still in New York. He's still in New York. He didn't come down. No. Okay. Yeah. He's still up in New York and her last text comes through to John at about eight fifty eight PM. So John understandably gets worried at mm. this point, you know, we're mid conversation and, and he knows she's down there. He knows she's he knows. down there. Okay. Yep. So John gets worried and he calls one of Brittany's good friends, Tara, who is still up in New York. She's mm. not down in Myrtle Beach, telling her he can't get a hold of her. You know, they were texting and then all of a sudden their conversation just stopped. And they are kind of like, okay, well, you need to call her mom. Oh, shit. So. John calls Dawn in a frantic. He tells her the news that she is unaware of, that Brittany is actually down in Myrtle Beach. And, you know, Dawn is obviously understandably concerned. Her boyfriend is calling me. He's worried. Her friend is worried. Pissed and concerned. Pissed and concerned. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter is 14 hours away. I thought she was two miles away. And... You know, her boyfriend can't get a hold of her. I can't imagine. I'd be so pissed. Oh, it'd be instant panic mode and also just, like, rage. Oh, yeah. Like, you wait till you get your ass home. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You're not leaving for a year until you graduate high school. So, Dawn makes a couple calls. One is to Brittany's biological father, John, Mm -hmm who is down in Tampa, Florida, living at the time. So he's not too far away from Myrtle Beach. Um, He instantly jumps in his car and drives to South Carolina. It's about, it's a few hours. Okay, but closer than 14. Way closer than 14. Oh my gosh. So understandably, her dad is one of the first calls that Dawn makes. And then she also calls a friend, John. (laughs) Okay. Not the boyfriend. Uh, not the boyfriend. Not the dad. Okay. This is the different friend, John. Um, John Hahn, to be, to be exact. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> At least it's not John John. Exactly. Like. <laughs> John Johnson. Um, oh, we know a John yeah, Johnson, actually. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, okay. So, not John Greco. That's mm-hmm. the boyfriend. I made a point to remember that. Not John the dad. Right. What's the dad's last name? Um, I didn't get his okay. last name. So Sorry. John the dad. So John. John Han, Han. Okay. who is a friend of Brittany's that the family knows. Oh, Don. Okay. As well. Yeah. Okay. So John is stationed down in North Carolina for the Marines. So oh. she knows that he's really super close. Yeah. He's close with the family and has the ability to get there really quickly. So Don asks him to drive to South Carolina to make a police report. It's only about a two and a half hour drive, but he makes that drive in the middle of the night, like okay. just instantly gets up. And That's a good friend. Great friend. Yeah. And so John gets the name of Brittany's hotel and immediately goes there. Her friends aren't there. She's not there. And so then his next step, of course, is he calls 911 yeah. to file a police report. So an officer arrives, he explains kind of the gist of what's going on, and initially the officer is like, well, you know, it's really only been a few hours, we can't file a missing persons report, you know, let's like give this a little bit of time. 
and John is like, no, you don't understand. Like this girl is never without her phone. She's down here on spring break. She is 17 years old. This is serious. Like something has happened to her and the officer takes him seriously and he takes his report right then and there. Oh, good. I was just thinking, you know how many people are like, Report to be done sooner or, like, how much more time they would have looking mm-hmm. if they, like, listen to people that are closer to it and, like, yeah. hey, listen, this is out of the norm. Yeah. We all Good. have a bad feeling about this. Right. Like, this is no, we we don't need to wait 48 right, hours. Right, right. Something is wrong. That's good. Okay. So kudos to the police officer. Plus she's underage, technically. Plus she's underage. Exactly. So the officer takes his report and John's kind of like, okay, well I'm on a all night stakeout until she comes back to the hotel or her friends come back. So he, Oh, at the hotel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he drives to a gas station. He loads up on energy drinks and he's basically <laughs> just sitting there in his yes. car. I mean, he's in the Marines. I'm sure he's uh, yeah. good with Got staying a up water for, bottles, yeah. those out, you know, <laughs> doesn't need to take a piss for nope. like seven hours. He's fine. And so he waits there all night for such a good friend. I was like, oh my gosh, I need about like 11 of you. And I I needed 11 of you in my life when I was 17 (laughs) years old. (laughs) I need 11 John Hans, please. Where's that on the menu? Yeah, right. (laughs) Can I order some? It's on the buffet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we get to the next morning. You know, Brittany's family has been calling her all night non-stop Damn. trying to get it's a hold still of her ringing then so it's still ringing but eventually her voice or her phone does go straight to uh, voicemail damn. so her voice you know goes to voicemail at this point her mom's like i gotta drive to south carolina i can't get a hold yeah. of my daughter so she packs up to go Brittany's friend tara from back home goes and leaves with her with her mom oh, to okay. drive down there and, you know, her friend Tara's like, you know, we didn't even like really like pack overnight bags. You know, it just kind of felt like well, we're just going to go down there. We're going to pick up Brittany and we're going to bring back. her back home. Yeah. You know, like it's just going to be easy peasy like that. Even though they're concerned, it's just like I don't think the seriousness of the situation yeah. had really set in and the reality of they everything. They kind of just jumped in the car just fucking right. pick me up. Let's go. Plus Tara's 17 years old yeah. at this time, too. So, you know. I'm sure her mom's mind is thinking way further ahead than hers. But anyways, they just pack up and go. And at about 1045 the next morning, so April 26th, Brittany's friends arrive back at the hotel. Oh. And John sees them, of course. He calls the officer who he had talked with the night before. And the officer comes down so that they can talk with the friends and hopefully get some sort of information. The friends had no... They had no info. They hadn't seen Brittany after they text her to come back to the hotel about returning the shorts. Uh-huh. So they just, you know, they went out and had their night oh, in shit. Myrtle Beach. And so the police officers didn't have really any reason to detain them. Aside from, you know, just getting that that initial line of questioning all squared away. So the crime unit comes down. To search the hotel to look for any clues, there wasn't anything missing of Brittany's except for what she had had on her that night when she left the hotel. And so, of course, you know, a couple first scenarios are running through people's heads of, did she run away? Eh. Eh. 
In which case, if she had just kind of like back when I talked about the the Skylar niece case, like if a 17 year old girl is going to run away, she's going to have a few key things with her. And she's also going to have more than just the clothes that she was wearing that night. You know, she had all of her favorite clothes down there with her. Nothing was missing. And then one source that I was listening to, you know, kind of around this time was really when the concept of trafficking was really trying to pick up speed um i people were like not really worried about it being in myrtle beach at that time and Mm -hmm. so they weren't really taking that theory seriously kind of like well it doesn't happen here and then it's like okay well things happen in the places where you least expect them to happen it's not just you know where all the cases in all pop seedy up. places, right? Exactly. So that theory kind of ran its course, but still didn't really seem to land on anything. So Brittany's family at this point, they've made it down to Myrtle Beach. Everyone's down there. You know, they they hit the strip searching. They're doing their yeah. own search party on top of the police doing whatever they're doing. Her mom Dawn is literally talking to. Anyone that will talk to her, showing them pictures of Brittany. They're putting up flyers, just really trying to get the word out. They are going to, like, local news networks, you know, putting their faces out there, getting Brittany's picture out there. There are no reported sightings. They're trying to piece together her last days of being there from the account of her friends that she went down there with to any information that her boyfriend, John Greco had from any of their conversations and little by little, the case starts to pick up pace and hitting more of a national level of this girl, just like disappearing off of one of the busiest strips during spring break, during spring break, nobody saw anything. And I can imagine like that amount of, panic you know especially in such a lively populated area and they're like Brittany wouldn't just like go with somebody yeah at this point you know they're like she she doesn't go and run off with strangers you know she sticks with people that she knows it was only a mile walk down this busy strip you're telling me that nobody saw this 17 year old girl get abducted so you know they're 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 trying to do what they can with the capacity that they have and one lead which is their first lead is that the police want to question Peter Peter Brotzowitz who she went to oh, meet up with at the okay. Blue Water Hotel because right. he was the last person to have seen her okay so i wonder how they knew that from the boyfriend maybe I'm trying. It had to have been. Like, I'm going to go see a friend, Peter. Yeah. Or like when she was walking on her way back to the hotel, maybe she was venting to John about her frustration with her friends. Yeah. 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 So that is a great question. I don't know exactly how that comes up, but they do find out that Peter was Was, the last person to have seen her. Now, Peter looks pretty suspicious at this point. So... Brittany had left his hotel and that same night, Peter and his friends check out of their hotel room at two 30 or three o'clock that morning in the morning, in the morning. 
No. They, <laughs> Never would I ever. <laughs> ever. They just up and leave in the middle of the night. They left clothing behind in their hotel room. And, you know, the police are like, what is the hurry for you guys to just like up and leave in the middle of the night? And you left all this stuff behind? Like, this doesn't make That's any sense. suspicious. So they don't really get a chance to talk to Peter until they've gotten all the way back home to oh. New York because they didn't really know that Brittany was missing until the next morning around 11 for what they were really, really looking at. Wait, I'm sorry. I thought Peter lived in Myrtle Beach. He was down there for spring break with friends also. Oh, but he's not in school But with he's them. not, no. No, gotcha, he was a couple years gotcha, older than gotcha. them. So I thought he lived there. No, she she knew that Peter was down there for, because he was just down there spring breaking mm. with his friends, but he was a couple years older and like out of school and gotcha. they had just been like friends for a few years and, okay. and knew each other. So she knew that he was going to be down there and they met up. He's older, so he could probably get alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Peter's Peter's back in New York, and another thing that he does to really not make himself look that innocent is he hired one of the most expensive lawyers in Rochester. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, like, red flag. Exactly. Yeah. And so, Brittany's family is like, he's... <laughs> He's got to know something. Something. He was the... If he wasn't directly involved, maybe he knows of who was. He's retaining this super expensive lawyer. And, you know, again, at this point, this whole Brittany going missing thing has reached a national level to the point where it was on the Dr. Phil show. Oh, damn. And so there was an episode where her mom was on it, talking about it. And Peter actually goes on the Dr. Phil show to kind of defend himself, which I don't think made him look any more innocent. And his demeanor on the show is like very defensive. Weird. You know, he's like, why am I the only person of interest? You know, I was down there for spring break to have a good time. I wasn't there to babysit anybody. Like kind of like not really he's seeming more concerned with the fact that he's a person of interest than he's concerned about the fact that Brittany is missing. Weird. So, so sorry, just to make sure, cause I yeah. think I missed it. So she had made it over to the hotel with Peter. Mm-hmm. And when she was there, she got a text about returning the shorts. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so she, you know, had only been there for a handful of minutes and then she turned oh, around okay, okay. to go walk back to her hotel to return these shorts to her friend that she was down there with. But Peter was, d- despite him really, really looking super suspicious, you know, he did cooperate with the police and his, you know, his whole account is he did see her and then she left, but then he never saw or heard from her after that. And then the police interview, he said that they had left that night because his friend had finals that he needed to study for. So he needed to get back up to wherever they were going. Well, Rochester, obviously, because he retained a lawyer up there. And I know it sounds really, really weird, but that's like the most information that I have about it. But the police 
buy his story and believe it. And it's legitimate. I'm sure they talked to all of his friends that he was down there with. And so they're like, well, you know, it's really fucking weird that you guys would have just up and left your hotel at three o'clock in the morning in such a hurry. But. And leaving everything behind. Not everything, but they left things things behind. And so I don't know how else to chalk it up to just college boys. Maybe, but. I know people think leave things behind in hotels, but at three o'clock in the morning, just very odd. That is very odd. The time of departure is super, super weird. I don't have a whole lot of explanation for that, but part of how they kind of concluded into clearing Peter from being a suspect was based on cell phone analysis. Mm -hmm. So around this time, cell phone tower pings are are um, getting a little bit more reliable. They're being used a lot more and being able to track people. So at this point, Brittany was moving. Okay, so they've got her last text coming into John Greco at 8.58 p.m. Okay. During that time, she was moving south. And this timeline does not completely add up for me, but this is just the information that I found that I was given. From Brittany's Tower Ping, she was moving south down Myrtle Beach. And then Peter and his friends were traveling west. So they were going in completely different directions. The only reason this timeline doesn't add up for me is just the 8.58 and then them leaving at 2.33 o'clock in the morning from their hotel to go back home. That's almost a six-hour time difference. Yeah. So... Nonetheless, they, you know, were like, well, that doesn't really make any sense for where she was traveling and then where they were traveling. I think that's kind of enough time for something to have happened. Right. But also given the fact that they were looking at tower pings, I guess I can make the assumption that they would have been able to see if Peter's phone was also tracking down that same route as her during those same times as well. Yeah. Question mark. Big I, question I wish I had a better explanation of that for you guys, yeah. but that's kind of where I'm at with it. So the police are still doing all of their investigating. And one of their big first breaks is that they do get video footage from the blue water, which was Peter's hotel. Oh, okay. That confirms Brittany leaving the hotel that night. Mm-hmm. And so they confirm this because their family looks at the footage and they're like, that's 100% Brittany. Like she like turns and looks at the camera. They're like, we can tell by the way that she's walking and the way that she's moving her body. Like that's Brittany leaving sure. the hotel. And the timeline adds up for the texting conversation with her with and her boyfriend, okay. John. So they're like, great, we've got this footage. Let's see what footage we can get from other hotels down Mm -hmm. the strip since we know which way she went per her cell phone. And they tried to get footage, but they didn't have any luck. Most of the cameras at that time that hotels had were at the entryways, Mm. just watching people coming in, and then like at the front desk. The lobby, yeah. There was only one street camera down the whole strip that they could find and they capture Brittany walking 
to the Blue Water. Okay. So from her hotel. So northbound. Walking, yeah, northbound yeah. to Peter's hotel. They see her on this camera, but then on her walk back, Brittany never makes it back to the same camera. Oh, okay. So they now kind of have, you know, geographically, mm-hmm. she never made it back to this point. Right. From the Blue Water Hotel. Okay. So she disappeared in this. We'll just say we'll we'll just say it was halfway from point A to point B in this half a mile. That's when she disappeared. Gotcha. So at this time, the cell phone pings were their best form of information. Even though it was early technology, it was effective. And so this is everything that we know at this point. Her last text at 8:58 p.m. to John. She stopped communicating mid-conversation. And that pings in South Myrtle Beach. A short time later, she's 15 miles south and moving fast. So not only can they see where she's pinging, but the time difference of when those cell phone pings are happening. So Brittany didn't have a car of her own. So why is she moving that fast? Who is she with? She wasn't with Peter. They know at this point. And then the last ping is near the North Santee River. This is just south of Georgetown, South Carolina. And it's about a total of 50 miles away from Myrtle Beach. Oh, wow. So she's, you know, a good hour drive south from Myrtle Beach. (coughs) And this area of the North Santee River, I've never been there myself, but this area is swampy. Oh. Marshes snakes yeah alligators wild boars like shit no nowhere that a 17 year old would go at night there's any time she would never need to be in a place like this no nor would one want to be in a place like this willingly and so the family is now realizing something for sure has happened to Brittany. So the police are down in the North Santee River and they're doing a search. You know, they're working with all these different elements of the swampiness and, um, you know, it's heavily populated with predators, alligators and wild boars and all this other shit. And they were also having to do this, their search down there, not only with cadaver dogs, to help them throughout all this, but they were having to do a lot of their search on horseback because of the wild boars. Like it was such a dangerous area for anyone to really be just like walking around in. Poor horsies too. Poor horsies. Wild boars are like terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think like, oh, a pig can definitely eat a human. Right. But this isn't babe. No. And this the, motherfucker will eat you. Will eat you. And with all of his other friends. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even share. I don't know that they move in packs, but in my mind, I think that wild boars <laughs> move in packs. <laughs> 50 of them will just roll up on you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, they're terrifying. Uh-huh. Like, they're strong. They're just vicious. They they're have like those devil horns. boars. They have, like, tusks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm, Not mm, happening. Mm. And you're in their area. Like, 
that marshy shit, that's mm-hmm. their stuff. Yeah, they oh, know what's God. going on. You don't. Oh, God. So they they work and they search this area for three months. And at oh this point, God. they have no leads. They're just... Con- three months? For three months, they're just continuously on this search. And the family at this point, you know, they're three months into this. They had to kind of accept the fact that they were where they were at in the investigation and kind of return home and try to live their lives. Oh my goodness. And be spectators from afar and stay in the loop on it as best they could. But nonetheless, the police continue to search this area up to a 50 mile radius of where the last tower ping was. So, you know, they're really trying to be as thorough as possible. It's extensive. So, you know, an hour, any which way from this last tower ping, you know, they're, they're searching, looking for any clues. Right. And you're not just like, Oh, walking it. You're just, you're searching. Mm hmm. Oh my goodness. That is a big area. A huge area and, and a huge um, complex search. Yeah. Search. Oh, with, my goodness. With all of just the, the elements of the lay of the land down there and everything. So, you know, they were really trying to do everything that they could. And a year does go by. You know, we're in April 2010 now. It's the one year anniversary of Brittany's disappearance. The family does a big march for her down in Myrtle Beach. They're still trying to keep her name active and her face in front of people, just really holding out any sort of hope that Brittany's down there and someone had seen something. But, you know, naturally you kind of start to lose your hope that you're going to find this person alive at this point given the fact where they think that they know that she ended up, the chances don't really no. look good in her favor that if Alive they do or dead. find her. Right. Alive or dead, if you're dropped off in an area like that that has so many predators, mm-hmm. your odds are really, really low. Really low. Oh, crap. So really, really, really feeling for the family at this point, especially her mom. I mean, she's just like... Day and night, yeah, endlessly doing whatever she can, yeah. <laughs> you know, to keep her daughter's name out there. So a little bit more time passes after this one year anniversary. The investigation is still continuing. They're following every lead. It's not really leading to, you know, a whole lot of things that are productive or hot leads. But one of the Myrtle Beach detectives goes through the sex registry of who they have on their registry down there. And they come across a man named Raymond Moody and Raymond Moody was, I know you meant sex offender registry. What did I say? Sex registry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, that's what I have written down here. And so as I read through the note, Oh my god, that is hilarious. Their sex offender <laughs> registry. One one key word there that helps make it a completely different thing. Oh my god. Than if you were to register for sex. 
to go no. to the county recorder every time you get hot and heavy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like to register. I had sex last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, this Myrtle Beach detective was not a weird sex fiend. He was not looking at a sex Sorry. registry. He was looking. No, thank you for clarifying. He was going through their sex offender oh. registry. And he comes across a man named Raymond Moody. And Raymond was a convicted sex offender that was from Georgetown, South Carolina. So this is the town where the the last tower ping was. Moody had been pulled over in in the Myrtle Beach area on April 26th. So the day after (gasps) Brittany had gone missing. Now this is their first real person of interest since Peter. Peter. Okay. And so they get a search warrant and they go to the Sunset Lodge, which is a motel where Raymond had been staying at the time that she went missing. It's near the location of the last ping. And since it had been over a year since Brittany had gone Mm -hmm. missing, I mean, they just went into this search like all hands on deck. They're ripping everything uh, ripping everything apart. They're tearing down the wallpaper they're cutting into the mattresses they're looking for any sort of clue that they can find to lead them you know hopefully to this is the person conclusion yeah and to find some sign of britney they found nothing wow i mean it's a year later it's a motel. Yeah. You got cleaners going in there. The bedding is obviously not going to be what it was a year or prior. Or maybe it was if it's a dirty hotel. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure there's all sorts of DNA on yeah. those things. So, And so, you know, at this point, you know, they thought that they maybe had something, but there wasn't really any reason for them to hold yeah. Raymond Moody at this point. Um but I'll leave you with this, that the search is far from over. Oh. And that's where I'm going to end part one. Okay. Because part two gets, there's a lot a to lot unpack more. in okay. part two. Oh, shit. So, now I just want to know. I know. I got to, like, not go Google this because I, do, this is not ringing any bells for me. I'm so surprised. I've not heard this. So I am excited for part two. We're not even doing this on the same day, so I have to wait. Just you like literally you guys. have to wait. Um, <laughs> so sorry. So, um, can you can you do like a lock on my Google? <laughs> Damn it. Okay, I won't search for it. So thank you. Um, I'm very intrigued as to what happens because I have so many questions. Oh man. Um, well, maybe I can unspoiler alert help answer some. Questions. Um, well, I mean, do we know? Well, gosh, I, I don't even know because it was nighttime. It was warm. It was spring break. Do we know if she was intoxicated? Not that it matters, but do we know if she had drink at that point? Probably not. We do not know of any intoxication. Okay. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I guess. Sort of. I'll, I'll, I'll. Dot, I'll, dot, dot. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I get flustered <laughs> when I don't know. I will say, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this little teaser. There are some light accounts of intoxication. Okay. 
Nothing that really leads to the resolution. End. Of resolution. It. Okay. Kind of. Sorta. It's just interesting. Oh, I don't know how to answer that question. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know, and it's just interesting that, you know, in such a short period of time, in like from 2008 to now, or 2009 to now, which is just 11, 12 years, mm-hmm. 13 years. Technology has changed so much. So much. Because if I go missing, both you, Tyson, and Kara can look up my location. Mm-hmm. And once I figure out how to do that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Tyson and Kara will can you know figure out my location pretty easily. Um or, you know, it, it's just it's just weird how cases have changed so like how crime has changed totally Um, i mean it wasn't even that long ago that we were able to do dna and that and that blows my mind when i think about it i mean cases before really like the 70s or something like that like it's like even the 80s yeah you know you were really going off of circumstantial evidence and hunches yeah but now you can like just so you can get specifically you can get oh, locations yeah. you can get recordings mm-hmm. you can get you know even like your car has gps now that shows you where you've been right so it, it's just it's just weird to think about how much crime has evolved because like Dahmer got away with so many oh yeah because like people you know didn't have cell phones and weren't able to be tracked or called or exactly. whatever um, not that that's the only reason, but it's just like one of those things that it's it's evolving. Mm-hmm. Like crime is evolving. So, yeah. Okay. It's crazy. Okay. Sorry to leave you on a on a cliffhanger, cliffhanger. but okay. I'm excited to dive into part two. It's going to be a lot more information, but I would just wanted to give a good little intro. Yeah. Into what we're. That is a great intro. I will tell you that because now I want to know what the hell happened. Yeah. Or what we know now. It gets crazy. All right. So if you're new here, welcome. And thanks, Brie, for the cliffhanger. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you get a chance, please visit us on patreon.com. Visit us on all the social medias. Um, That's where we share pictures, share videos if there's any. Um, and then if you've been with us for a long time, I promise I'm trying to get better at social media <laughs> and putting out stuff, not only timely, um, but in order. <laughs> so I'm not good at that either. So, um, I need to get on board with a lot yeah, of that too. Bree's good out. at social media better than me. So, um, I will, I, you know, we're, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. We'll have more content for yeah. you guys. Um, so thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.